Listener Production. Unlike a triple shot half sweet almond milk cold press caramel macchiato to go, these boys are not complicated. But they are to go. It's Matt and Alex all day breakfast. Well, it's everybody's worst nightmare, Matt O'Kine. It really is. And it's particularly yours <laughs> because no. we were going to have a helicopter flight one time and you're like, mm, not liking this. The winds. Well, you also, know. my partner was pregnant at the time and Partner's I was like, pregnant. I don't want to my partner to have a baby without mm. me because I went for a bloody helicopter ride with the boys and something happened. Yeah, and you didn't want to st- keep playing football because you didn't want to hurt your face. Exactly. <laughs> I'm I'm risk averse. I'm serious. And so talking to our next guest in this episode, and we might even chat to them for a little bit longer this time. I mean, we're talking to someone who has been through quite realistically one of the worst situations that you could go through. Um, as a young person. I hope you're having a good Friday. It's not a depressing chat. The amazing thing about Emma, she's a very positive person. So if you're like, oh God, this is going to be rough on a Friday, it's honestly unbelievable. So stick with us. This is Matt and Alex, All Day Breakfast. This is just the start. Everyone ready? Let's get this show on the road. Let's go. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Matt and Alex, All Day Breakfast. Matt O'Kine, I've been absolutely besotted over the last week reading a book about one of the most astounding stories that I think I've heard for a long time. It's everyone's worst nightmare, skydiving and the parachute doesn't open. But our next guest has not only survived that, but has been able to pen a book about her experiences and the way she's been able to use it as a launch pad to, uh, yeah, better her own and a lot of other people's lives. So it's awesome to chat to the author of The Girl Who Fell From The Sky. It is the girl herself. It's Emma Carey. G'day, Emma. Hello. Besotted was a lovely word to use. Thanks. (laughs) It's just incredible because you go, oh, the girl fell from the sky, obviously about skydiving. You don't beat around the bush, Emma, it goes straight to this incident that's changed your life. Are you able to to tell people this is their first instance with you about your trip to Switzerland? Yeah, for sure. So when I was 20, I decided to go backpacking around Europe and was intending to be there for three months or so. And then very annoyingly, in the first week, I decided to go skydiving, which for me is something I'd always wanted to do. Like, I just love that kind of thing. So I didn't sounds stupid, but I didn't even think about, you know, the danger. I was like, well, let's go. How fun. And then um, we went up in the helicopter and again, I was super excited. And when we jumped out during the free fall, I just absolutely loved it. Like, have you guys done it before? I have. No. Yeah. I have, have you done it? I've done it. I haven't done it. No, I've always been a little bit, a bit nervous. Rightly so, as we learn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, one of no, the few so- people who have done it and can say, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't work every time. There are a so, few occasions, you know, Emma. Okay, so you're free-falling and, and loving it. And then, what, and then what happens? Loving it. And then so I feel a tap on my shoulder, which is when they, in the briefing, you're told when you feel a tap, you cross your arms over your chest and that's when they pull the parachute. So I felt the tap, did what I needed to do, and then all I felt was my hair being like ripped backwards. And I thought, that's weird. Like no one told me that it was going to hurt. You know, I thought someone would have mentioned that. And because I'd never done it before, I didn't know what to expect. So I thought, okay, maybe the parachute's still coming later. 
So I was yelling out to the instructor and he wasn't responding. But again, I thought maybe he just can't hear me over the wind or, you know, I just didn't really know what was going on. Because that's one of the things but that then, surprised me is the, like, the sound. It's so, it's really hectic around until you, until the parachute comes out, um, which you're trying to experience at this point. It's, like, super, you know, well, it sounds intense. Like, when you watch videos of it, it sounds like sort yeah. of thing. But is that actually what it sounds like in your ears? Well, yeah, I can't uh, speak for what it sounds like once the parachute <laughs> opens. But oh, my God. <laughs> Alex. <laughs> I, uh, to me, it just sounded like screaming. Okay. But no, so... So yeah. what had happened? So what had happened, which I didn't realise, is that there's two parachutes in the backpack. There's one which comes out when the instructor pulls it, and then there's an emergency one which is only meant to come out if uh, you're at a certain altitude and you're still falling too fast. There's, like, some technology that still knows if you're falling, it's so it an, comes out. It's automatically set to release, you know, yes. as, as an emergency yeah. that, come, right. that comes out. Yeah, yeah at a certain, at a certain altitude. altitude. Yeah. And so my instructor forgot to wear his altimeter, which is what tells you how high you are and when to pull the chute. And so he pulled ours too late and which by some, you know, twist of fate happened to be the exact time the emergency one was coming out. So the two parachutes came out together, got all tangled and the cords wrapped around the instructor's neck and actually strangled him. And so... Because he was unconscious the whole fall, he couldn't cut off um, a parachute or untangle them or do whatever they would normally do in that situation. So they just stayed tangled in a ball. And that's when I realised, I remember, obviously I didn't know why what had happened happened at the time, but I remember seeing a tangled up like red parachute in front of me instead of above me. And that's when I realised like, okay, this is, something's going wrong. When, you, when you're that high up, you don't notice how fast you're falling, right? Because everything looks so small. But once you get closer to the ground and, you know, you can really tell the speed you're going. So I thought for sure that I was uh, gone. And, but and, here I am. And, and <laughs> yeah. what, when you thought that, I mean, what are the things that, where that happens? Do you actually, does your life flash through your eyes? Do you think of the, the people that you love? What do you think? Yeah, so it's weird. It would have only been like, a minute or two. I don't know how long it would have taken, but time didn't feel normal. Like on one hand, it felt so fast, but the other hand, on the other hand, I had so many thoughts in this short span of time. And the main thing I remember feeling is like a deep sense of regret that I'd, I was only realizing just how much I wanted to be alive and just how much I didn't want to die when I thought I only had 10 seconds left to live. Mm. I just was always kind of a, you know, I just took everything for granted and was just plodding along through life. And so I just had such a wake-up call of like, oh, it's a privilege to be alive and I can't believe I, you know, didn't make the most of it every day and now it's too late. That was mm. definitely my main thought. Okay. Some, somehow breaking pelvises and ribs, but you are <laughs> conscious suddenly on the ground in Switzerland. I think your friend who we were doing it with didn't realise it happened to start with. Can you tell us how that was realised and then you're yeah. going to the hospital in Switzerland? Yeah, so I was conscious the whole time. And even when we landed, I was never knocked unconscious. So the first thing I remember feeling was just total shock because it's, it's just so, you know, as if I was in a skydiving accident. That was my first thought. And then I remember feeling just overwhelming pain in my whole body. I didn't know where it was coming from. And then I thought, okay, I better get up and go and find help because I didn't know if anyone else was coming because we landed in a field in the middle of the Swiss Alps. And so it was when I tried to... Um, roll over to get the instructor off me because he was on my back and to stand up to go and find help that I realized I was completely paralyzed from the waist down. So I couldn't move. And that was 
yeah, obviously a heartbreaking and very scary realisation. And so all I could do was wait there for uh, Gemma, who was skydiving after me, and her instructor, she didn't see what had happened, but her instructor had followed us down. And so when they landed, uh, she ran over to me and they called an emergency helicopter and did everything they needed to do. How is it possible that you did survive? Because it sounds to me like it would... Just the impact alone would 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 kill you. So do, do that. They, they talked about you were lucky because you landed like this, or if you'd landed one centimeter like that, or do you know if, what the yeah. sort of science behind it? I have truly no idea. Like, there's no um, in the investigations. There was no you know outcome for that. But what my theory is is that my instructor was really tall, and because he was unconscious, his legs were dangling down whereas because I was awake I was like tensed up and you know in a ball before we took the hit mm. and so I think because the instructor ended up with shattered legs I think that his legs landed first and shattered obviously but that broke our fall because if when you're unconscious your body goes floppy right which is apparently mm. better for you in that circumstance than being tense and then so his legs broke the fall and then we landed on me and he landed on my back. So, so I kind of feel like we saved both each other. Helped, like helped each other. <laughs> legs. It's quite inter- interesting. And you have to look in the book for when you're able to, because he survived as well, you're able to reunite in the hospital. That's really interesting as well. But Emma, you're, you were in Europe for a long time. You were in hospital there. You managed to get airlifted back to Australia. And one of the things, you know, you're also a normal 20-year-old who has friends and relationships and something. And something I found particularly, you know, touching from it is that situation where you've experienced this terrible thing, but also coming back to a relationship that wasn't in a good place and you end up breaking mm-hmm. up with, with a partner there. Can you yeah. can you describe what that feeling's like? Because there's never a good time to break up with someone, but I could imagine that, <laughs> you, you know, this there would are, be one of the worst. There are probably some better times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was weird writing about this because for me now it's nine years ago, so mm. I'm fine. It was a long yeah. time ago. But at the time, it was the most heartbreaking, crushing thing in the world. And it it upset me more than the accident in itself. And so I wrote about it in the way that it felt at the time, but which felt weird to do so long after the fact. But yeah, so he um, left for Europe while I was still in hospital um, and basically just did the trip that I was meant to be on. So that was really hard to come to terms with and accept. But, you know, in hindsight, we were both just so young. And mm. I think I'm definitely better for it. I was always a relationship person before then, but I think it's, you know, so much growth comes from being single and finding out who you are and it all worked out. (laughs) Well, look, we've got a couple more questions for you, Emma. We're just going to go to a very quick break, but we want to come back because there's, uh, there's so much more. We could literally (laughs) be here all day. So uh, if you don't mind just sticking around with us for a little bit, we'll come back in one second and, uh, and yeah, hit hit you with a few more questions. This is Matt and Alex all day breakfast. Order up. Just how you like it. Perfect. All day breakfast. We're talking to Emma Carey. Her book, The Girl Who Fell From the Sky, came out yesterday. So we're f- so fortunate to have a um, having a chat to us here doing on a bit All of a Day Breakfast. Long lunch. We haven't done one of these for a while. This is nice. Well, when you get someone <laughs> as delightful and with the story so interesting as Emma Carey, it's always great to have a chat. We've gone through the skydive, the breakup, the. I could not believe later in the book, Emma, where you have gone through this incredible trauma 
that a lot of people do. And, you know, in instances where, you know, there's workplaces, there's insurance involved, you obviously are in a lot of cases entitled to compensation. What I couldn't believe that people who have been through this trauma, and you wouldn't be unique in this, but the story seems incredible. These victims are then re-traumatized trying to prove how disabled they are. Now you lost the mm -hmm. use of your legs for a long time. You've been managed to walk again, but can you tell us a little bit about the, what you're still living with currently that may not be you know, apparent on the surface and then what you had to go through in order to prove that to lawyers and doctors and people like that? Yeah, for sure. So with my level of spinal cord injury, which is L1, there was four main things which affected me. So first, um, loss of movement, which is the main thing that you know, people can see before my accident, I just thought if I saw someone in a wheelchair, they couldn't move their legs and that was that. I didn't know there were other factors involved. Um, the second thing is loss of feeling. So even though I can now move my legs, I still can't feel from the waist down, which was weird to me at first, obviously. But yeah, a lot of people find that so bizarre because um, yeah, I can move, but I can't feel. So that affects balance because we use the feeling in our legs to, you know, judge where our legs are, if they're touching the ground, um, whatnot. And then the two other main things is loss of bladder and bowel control. So I had to learn to use catheters and enemas and, yeah, just go to the bathroom. Totally different than I used to. And so all of the things um, still affect me. Just the movement is the only thing that has somewhat healed. But even so, and obviously I'm so incredibly grateful for everything that's come back, but my calves are still paralyzed, so I can't um, go up on my toes, which means I can't run or jump and all that kind of thing. Or be but, in the so ballet. With, um, or but, yeah, creep with sneakily the... into an art museum <laughs> yeah, to steal exactly. a painting you can, you like this. You can't be a cat burglar <laughs> like that. Uh, Heavy-footed, you can definitely hear me coming down the hallway now. <laughs> um, talk us through about when you did get to uh, meet up with the instructor again. Um, what was that moment yeah. like? Yeah, so we had been in the same hospital in Switzerland together for a month. And I'd been trying to see him every day, but the nurses were telling me that he didn't want any visitors, not from me, but also from, I don't think he had any from anyone in his life. He didn't want to see anyone. And I was finally flying back home to Australia and I was really upset because I thought, if I don't see him now, when will I ever get to see or talk to him again? Um, and then as I was about to leave, he wheeled into my room in his wheelchair and it was such a bizarre moment because like this man is a stranger. I'd only known him for what, 30 minutes. Um, but suddenly we had this eternal bond going, going through this bizarre experience together. And he just wheeled up to my bed and we just held hands and didn't even really say much. We just like stared at each other and yeah, very, <laughs> very bizarre to have a bond with someone you don't know like that. Well, I mean, that's what I was, I was wondering, is there... Is there like a support group for people who have been through this exact event? I mean, you surely there are not many people who have survived this type of accident. And, uh, you know, do people reach out to you and say, this happened to me or this happened to friends, etc.? Um, I actually randomly met a guy at an airport who had also survived a skydiving accident, but he's oh the God. only other person I've oh come goodness. across. I don't know if there's a support group, but maybe I should start one. <laughs> there are dozens of us. Oh, uh, so yeah. Arrested Development um, <laughs> reference there, Emma. But yeah, another time you had to go back to Europe was when you were being evaluated for um, your level of disability, but it just sounded like, I, I, it's, it sounded completely unfair to me what you were put through in order to prove your disability to people, which you'd been, you know, studied a 
a lot up to that point. They might rage you do it again, particularly with like electrodes and stuff like that. It sounded like some yeah. sort of interrogation technique that you were there and to, made to feel like you'd done something wrong. Yeah, it was very bizarre because, and I understand why they need to do it because I'm sure there's a lot of cases where people are faking injuries for compensation. But when you're not faking it, it's very hard to deal with because you're, you know, you constantly just feel like you're um, lying about something which is a really traumatic thing that's going on in your life and that you're living with day to day. And it's just, yeah, it felt really, it, it felt really wrong to constantly be judged and doubted when what I was going through was so real and still is to this day. Yeah, definitely. Was, was there video of the accident? You know, often people I, are videoing the, the, yeah, the event. Yeah, there's a video. So you see me jumping out of a plane, double sharkers, really, you know, <laughs> loving, loving it. Have you watched and it? You've watched it. You've watched, you've, you've been able to watch it? The video ends before anything um, happens. So they wow. say it broke. So there's just the beginning bit of me jumping out and being really excited, which is awkward in hindsight. Yeah. Well, I mean, and do you look back on it? Do you ever want to watch it? Nah. I mean, it, yeah, I, I watched it a bit back in the day, you know, years and years ago, but I don't often whip it out for some light viewing. No, things no, like. I'm not <laughs> suggesting you put it on at a party or something. Just, you know, I, I don't know. Some people deal with these things differently and yeah. it might be one of those things that you – lie in bed at night and watch like you know because it's it's a surreal sort of moment if, if people ask me to see it then i'll show them but yeah i don't i don't really watch it much yeah for sure don't have the qr code on your uh, on your books so that doesn't go straight to the video <laughs> so, of the most traumatic um, <laughs> moment of your life ever but i tell you what but, one of the great things is and you can probably hear it through the podcast right now but it definitely comes through the book the positivity of emma carey and the perspective you've been able to gain through something so dark um, and so traumatizing uh, has been, is really incredible to watch Emma and you can follow along Emma Carey on Instagram. There's always heaps of content, uh, M underscore Carey, or pick up the girl who fell from the sky, um, which is, yeah, a story of resilience. It says there on the cover and it's absolutely true. But Emma, before you go, thank you so much for joining mm -hmm. All Day Breakfast. The thing about these kind of events and whether it's, you know, a, could be a cancer diagnosis, it could be a skydiving accident, it could be anything. People could be defined by that and you could be only known as the girl who fell from the sky where there are a lot of facets to your personality and you're still so young like in the future you've got another 30 years ahead of you to do something else so in your next 30 year book the book comes out this title mm -hmm. is the girl who could you finish that sentence what do you want to be known as mm. for the next little while I don't know. My friends joke it's going to be the girl who fell off her bike because <laughs> last year I fell off my bike and broke my wrist. Don't Bit of a theme. Do not tell me you were shuckering beforehand, Emma. I'm going to put a shucker ban on you. I need to stop the shuckering. Uh, but no, I don't know. But yeah, I'm not sure. We'll see where life takes me. I'm not really a planner. I like to just go mm. with the flow. All right. Well, your oh, illustrations are great as well. So I'm sure you do something great in that world too. Ah, thank you. Emma, thank you so much for joining us, sharing uh, such an incredible experience and uh, for writing such an amazing and moving book. It is uh, The Girl Who Fell From The Sky. Uh, we encourage you 100% to uh, grab it wherever you get your bookies. Look, Emma, thank you so much and uh, best of luck for uh, the next bike ride. <laughs> thank you. I need it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, just like the P.O. Box of one F. Christmas, of one Santa C, 
the Matt and Alex mailbox overflowing. Are you swearing? Constantly. <laughs> you, like, I don't know. You just said like <laughs> F Christmas and Santa C, yeah. C word. No. Like, why are you, Father why Christmas you, and Santa Claus. Yeah, what but why you? would you abbreviate the last word? It just seemed weird. You were abbreviating weird parts. All right. Now it makes sense. Okay, sure. <laughs> um, it's Matt and Alex Mailbag. What am I talking about? Okay, here we go. End of the week. We get so much correspondence with you, which we love and adore, but um, the nature of you listening whenever you want means it comes through at all sorts of times, and we like to compile the best of it and make a good old correspondence fried rice or a casserole at the end of the week. Yeah, that's right. And Laura is the first little pee into this uh, yummy dish. With her topic, <laughs> the most ironic thing to happen recently... Laura said, I forgot to wear my engagement ring to my bridal shower yesterday. Oh, that's that's what it's all about. You're holding the hand out. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's unlucky, Laura. Hannah also got in touch regarding the weirdest thing to happen when going back to a hookup's house, saying a guy asked me to wear my hair in a bun so his parents didn't know he had a girl over. He was 27. Wait, <laughs> to make you look like more masculine. Wait, what? Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> Wait. Wait, 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 wait. Hang on. So, did they... Did As Hannah, in, did like, it... Amanda Bynes, she's the man <laughs> style? Wait, had it, did a dude Mulan you? <laughs> <laughs> did, Hannah, did you get mulan Did he draw, like, did he get a permanent marker and draw a little squiggle above your lip? Make you talk oh. like this. Oh, we need to get Hannah on the phone at one point. That is ridiculous. <laughs> All right. Well, um, uh, Mrs. LC on the topic of most ironic thing to happen recently as well said, I solved the word the other day. Uh, that was the word irony. Whilst listening to Alex Dyson say the word irony on the podcast. Oh, it was irony the other day. Wow. Oh, do you know what? I was on a hot streak and I bombed it. What'd you no, do, mate? I almost cried. I'm, I honestly, I, I was devastated. What'd you do, mate? It was, I was sick. It was ruder. R- ruder, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, absolutely. I got about six for that as well. Nah, as mate. I, it was too like it's one of those wordles where I got the last two words the first go. Yep. And then it was just two, 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 two the whole way down to the very end, and I was like, no. Well, I nailed, uh, I nailed it the other day. I got one in two. I got tryst in two. No vowels ooh. at all because my first word I put is crypt. Anyway, um, there's a little sidetrack. Uh, also on the weirdest thing to happen when you go back to a hookup's house, said, um, I'm a teacher and I hooked up with a random guy. I didn't know he was the older brother of one of my students. When we went back to his place, his younger brother slash my student was at the house. He also had friends over from school. No! So Monday morning, <laughs> the entire school knew. <laughs> Oh, no, Ellie. It honestly doesn't get much worse than that, does it? That is rough. That is rough stuff, Ellie. Um, (laughs) There's not much to say. No, there isn't. There isn't at all. Um, All right. Well, we've also got a voice message from Brayden. (laughs) Brayden got in touch. Yeah, this is about another hookup story. Oh, man, I wish that happened to me. I would have absolutely roasted my teachers so hard (laughs) if that had happened. Why didn't I get this this golden opportunity to absolutely serve? All right, let's see what Braden's hookup got up to. <laughs> on the topic of weird experiences, going back to a hookup's place, I was on a cruise ship and went back to a girl's room. In the middle of the night, I needed to go to the toilet and 
In my room, the door to the left was to the bathroom, door to the right was to the hallway, hers was the opposite. In my tired, drunken state, I opened the door to the left and only when the door shut behind me, I realised I was in the corridor. I was completely naked. I turned and faced the door next to hers and started knocking, only to hear, you at wrong door, you at wrong door. At this point, I was rattled, so ran through the ship to get back to the room I was sharing with my sister, knocked on it for my sister to find me at 3am, standing starkers at the door. And her response was, what the f*** have you done? <laughs> oh, man. Does that make you want to go on a cruise ship more or less? That's perfect. It fits in with both our talkback of hookups and cruises. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, thank you so much for joining us for another week of Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast. Hope you have had a good one. And uh, we're up for a weekend now. And we're going to be back on Monday, bright and early. Same time, same place. Yeah, cheers again for uh, for downloading this, and we will see you soon. Bye-bye. That's it. The all-day breakfast kitchen is closed. Got something to add to the show? Slide into our DMs at matt.and.alex. <laughs>